Hey everyone, this is Christian Heimel, host of Caught Listening. Thanks for listening to the following podcast on Public House Media. Welcome and thank you for joining the Confessions of a Military Spouse podcast. We are your hosts, Jenna Burt and Candace Gomez. Jenna is a military spouse of 10 years, a mom, a registered and certified dental assistant, and a certified phlebotomist. Candace is an active duty military member of 17 years, a military spouse of 13 years, a mom, and a student. Again, we just want to say thank you for being here with us today. As always, we highly encourage you to share our podcast, and we definitely appreciate any and all feedback. So if you would like to leave us some feedback, please feel free to email us at confessionsofamillspouse at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at confessionsofamillspouse or at publichousemedia.org. So today's episode, we are still trying to figure out a good name for it, um, but it's definitely a topic that um, needs to be discussed. And the topic that we are going to be talking about is something that I kind of had like an aha moment about recently. And I messaged Candace right away and I was like, oh my gosh, we need to talk about this. So (laughs) here we go. Um, so what it was is that, as you know, if you listen to the podcast, um, my husband has been gone for training, um, since right after the new year and he and I have been married for, I think it'll be 11 years this year. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. 11, 12, something like that. Anyway, (laughs) it's been a long time. Um, and one of the things that I realized this last time that he was gone is how difficult it has been. And I guess I maybe was naive in the fact of thinking that the longer he was in and the longer we together, we were together, the easier it would be whenever he left. Um, but I have found that to be quite opposite. And like I said, I have really struggled this last time since he has been gone. Does this get easier? I mean, really? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, honestly, I don't think so. And like I said, I thought that it would, the longer we were together, the longer he was in, the more often we had to do this. I truly thought that it would get easier, but I actually think it's the complete opposite. And Dustin and I actually just sat down yesterday, I guess, and had this conversation that like for some reason this time now that he's gone, um, we are really struggling to communicate. Um, and I don't know if it's the time difference, if it's the fact that it is so hard for us, if it's the fact that some days he's super busy and other days he's not, and every day I'm super busy. Um, but it has definitely been a struggle and something I did not expect. Yeah, I hate those when they're when you're in different time zones and you're on totally different schedules and 
some days you're busy, some days you're not, and then it doesn't line up. You're not busy the days he's busy. Yes. I, 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 that's my least favorite. My least favorite. When I was on a ship deployment, um, we knew that Chris was going to be deployed at the same time that it was going to overlap. I literally went on Amazon and bought a watch that showed me four different time zones so I could plug in all the time zones I needed. <laughs> I love it. That's such a smart idea, though. <laughs> it was so frustrating. So the first time zone was me, and the second one was wherever he was. And then I had one for California and then one for Texas time, which is where our two families are at. So I was like, you know, keeping track of all those times. Uh, And it's hard. Like that is a hard thing to manage because, and something I feel like people don't talk about um, because like our families are in Illinois. And so we're in South Carolina. Our families are in Illinois, which is an hour behind us. And then right now, Dustin is in California, which is three hours behind us. mm -hmm. So to like, remember all of that. And I mean, I'll never forget the one morning. (laughs) I called my mom. I FaceTimed my mom and it was like (laughs) 630 or so my time, which would have been 530 her time. And I wasn't even thinking about it. And she's like still sleeping (laughs) and I'm just sitting there folding laundry, getting ready for my day. And she's like, did you really want something? And I was like, oh no, like I was just calling to talk. (laughs) She was like, great. I'm going to go back to sleep now. And then, you know, when I get up in the morning, if it's five o'clock my time where Dustin's at right now, that's like two o'clock his time. Mm -hmm. And I go to bed. If you know me, you know that if you text me after eight o'clock, it's questionable whether or not I'm going to answer because I'm probably (laughs) asleep. Um, But that's only five o'clock his time. So he's eating dinner and I'm getting ready for bed. And it's like, how are we just so completely like opposite right now? Yeah. It's definitely hard. And the other question, you know, that I have too, and that he and I talked about is like, how do we like remedy the situation or fix the situation or at least make things better to where we don't feel like we're both struggling? I don't know if there's an easy answer to that. I think you get to a point with an active duty spouse where you just at first you're like, we could do this. We could totally do this. It's just a little bit of time. And, you know, we kind of need to get used to it because this is going to happen again. And this is just part of this lifestyle that we're all part of. Right. And so at some point you're like, you're like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, oh my, <laughs> why do we have to do this again? Yes. Yes. <sighs> and yes. that is, Absolutely where I'm at because, you know, he told me he was like, yeah, I'll be gone in September again and then next April and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, seriously? Like, we're doing this again. Yep. Like, we're really going to do this again. Yeah. (laughs) And like you said, at first, it's like, okay, I've got this. No big deal. Like, it's just a little bit of time. And now every time he leaves, I'm like, oh, why? Why? (laughs) Uh, And it doesn't like... You can do a lot of things for each part, like each time that you're away from each other. There's a lot of things you can do to kind of work through everything you have going on and like feel better about the situation. Like we've talked about before on a previous episode saying like, you know, find that one thing to just kind of alleviate your stress or whatever. Um, But like sometimes you got to change those and the same ones don't work every single time. And honestly, like no matter how many times 
we're away uh, from each other, from your spouse, or your spouse is away, or whatever, it literally doesn't get any easier. I think you just kind of get in the motion of dealing with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it almost becomes, it's almost like you turn on autopilot. Um, At least for me, it's like autopilot. I'm like, okay, well, I know this has to be done. Like, I know I have to do it. Does it mean that I absolutely love it? No, of course not. But let's turn on autopilot and let's just get it done and go through the motions and count down the days until they are back. Until they're back. I mean, I think you know, you count down every single time, right? And even when you're the one who's who's gone, you're you're counting down to okay, when am I getting back? Because this time around, what am I missing? Right, right. What do I miss this time? You know, like I'm gonna miss practices, or I'm gonna miss things at school, or I'm gonna miss a birthday, or I'm gonna miss an anniversary, or even you know, like recently missing Valentine's Day, right? Like. Right. You know, even that kind of stuff, like what other holiday where really isn't a big deal, but I'm missing something small and I'm continuing to miss all of those small things. It just kind of becomes like, here we go again. And I know I have to do it. So I'm going to do it because I continue to serve in the military. So I'm going to keep doing it. But there's a part of you that just kind of goes, oh, again, I guess I will miss this anniversary or I'll miss this birthday or I have to make this up again for the second year in a row. I think um, Thanksgiving last year, we had a group of Marines actually that came home on Thanksgiving. Did they come home on Thanksgiving? I'm trying to remember. But for two years in a row, these guys came home at Thanksgiving time. So last year, I literally think they got home on Thanksgiving, and then the year before, they got home the day after Thanksgiving. So essentially, two years in a row, they missed Thanksgiving, which isn't a huge deal, right? But you're missing the same holiday multiple years in a row, and you're kind of like, okay. like, And they, I think they were at the same exercise. Now, so I think they're at the exercise oh that Dustin's at right now. Yeah, I think they're at the, they were at the exercise Dustin's at right now. Um, you know, cause those go on a schedule and they're just like cyclic. They just keep going. Right. So it's just different units that go at different times of the year. So I think that's where they were, but they just happened to be there two years in a row at the same time at the same exercise. So we're based in North Carolina. They were in California and, you know, my job is to move the units around. And so these guys are calling me like, can you do anything? Can you do anything to get us back earlier? Is there any way? And I'm like, I'm like guys, I'm sorry, but it doesn't work like that. Right. Um, and there's, and I feel absolutely horrible as I'm sitting in my living room making Thanksgiving dinner and watching, well, this last year, the year before Macy's Day Parade on TV, right? And I feel just, I'm like, oh, this is horrible. Like these guys are missing Thanksgiving. I feel so bad for them and their family. Right. And their family. It's so rough, you know, two years in a row. Because I think most people think like, okay. This year you're going to miss Thanksgiving, so next year you should be here, right? Because it's right. generally what happens. But yeah. these guys, two years in a row, and I'm like, I can only imagine how frustrating. Absolutely. And I will say one of the things that we've learned to do is to celebrate um, holidays whenever we can. Um, yeah. Dustin's last deployment, 
We knew he was going to be gone for Christmas. So I think he left like December 1st or December 2nd. It was early December. So the night before he left, we did a little Christmas with Ella so he could see her open gifts um, and try to make it as special as possible. Um, But I mean, I will say I remember when we PCS here to South Carolina um, the unit. So we moved here December of 2019. Dustin got back from deployment, um, August of 2019. Um, and then we actually left San Diego in November and we took some time to, you know, make cross country trip and see friends and things like that. And, um, I remember Dustin purposefully checking in as late as possible to his unit out here because they were going on like a mini deployment or a small deployment or something like that. And they were going to be gone um, from, I think, December to March or something like that. And he was like, I am doing everything in my power not to go because I was literally just gone for nine months. And the last thing I want to do is leave my family again during an important holiday (laughs) um, when I just, when I just did it. And to be honest, I'm really glad that, I mean, they were, they kept, he, I'm pretty sure he and the OIC, the officer in charge um, kind of got into it a little bit about it too, because he was really pushing for Dustin to go. And Dustin's like, dude, like. I literally just got back from a deployment. Like I cannot do that to my family. Obviously if they would have pushed the issue enough and he had to go, he obviously would have gone, but thankfully it worked out to where he didn't because when they got back is right when coronavirus had hit. And so they had, they all had to quarantine in the barracks for two weeks. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I just, I couldn't have handled it. Yeah. Did he go to Norway? Is that where he went? No. Okay. Yeah, we had some guys in Norway when coronavirus hit, and then they had to quarantine in barracks for two weeks, too, when they got really? back. Really? So, yeah. No, I think they were all... Uh, I forget where they were. Um, they were, I think, in the Middle East somewhere. Oh. I, it was yeah. funny, because they got back from that, and I was like, how are you guys planning on keeping, like, I don't know, the spouse who hasn't seen like, <laughs> right? in, like, a month and a half away from them? Like, they don't care that they're quarantined. Like, they want to see them. Right. It Well, and that was... That was the thing that I told Dustin. I was like, they realize, because like the barracks for some of the base housing. um, So here there's, other than Paris Island, there's for the air station, there's no base housing actually on the base. It's Mm -hmm. like down the street. So, but like less than five miles. And I'm like, are you, you you really think that people are not going to go on base, whether it's after hours or whatever, to see their significant other? Like, come on. No, yeah, 100% they are, for sure. (laughs) And I remember hearing stories afterwards about, yeah, so-and-so, like, brought us dinner, and, you know, we would plan to meet at the picnic table at this time for this amount of time. Mm But I don't blame them. Like, I really don't blame them. The last thing I would want to do is have to be separated from my significant other knowing they were gone for four months, how hard it was on me and my kid and everything else. And then, you know, have a virus come and tell me, oh, just kidding. You've got another two weeks before you can see them. Yeah. And that that literally doesn't get any easier, no matter how long you've been doing it. I mean... I've been doing this for so long now and no matter how many times 
you're separated or your spouse is gone, like it just doesn't get easier to deal with. It just is like literally you just do it because you have to and you don't have a choice, right? Like <laughs> it doesn't <Right>. get <laughs> it doesn't get a whole lot easier. I wish that I could tell people that it did. And maybe for some people it does. You know, if it does, please tell me. If it yeah, right. Can you, you can you let us know? Like we will have you on the podcast yes, so you can talk please. about it because we clearly need to know too. Please, you know, I want I want to know how it gets better for people. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I agree. I agree. Because... Done here and it's not better yet. <laughs> I know. Well, and that's the thing, like Dustin only has four and a half. I think he hits his like 16 year mark in July of this year. And so, I mean, you guys are obviously closer to the end than we are. And I think that's part of it too. I, I guess I keep thinking like, Oh, well we only have like four more years. It can't be that bad. And then every time I'm like, are you freaking serious? (laughs) Again, as a junior, enlisted person I thought that like we were super busy and always out doing stuff or whatever and as I gained rank and was around longer that it would it would subside right but it feels like it's more and I think it's more the longer you're in because there's less of you yes there's you know the majority of the service is those like e4 and below e3 and below ranks no matter like what service you're in there's always more of them around And the higher you go, the less of you there are. And so when someone gets hurt, that really impacts the entire community that you're in um, for your field, right? And so one E8 gets hurt, then they got to find another E8 that's going to go replace that person. And so it's like, just like in Dustin's case, well, I just uh, just got off a deployment. I'm going to a unit and they're on like a mini deployment for three months and they really want me to go. Well, they really want him to go probably because that spot's been gapped. Yes. And they need someone in that position. And often it's not about doing the job. It's just about having that leadership in place. Uh, and so the senior, senior leadership really wants that. But, you know, you look at you look at someone like Dustin and they're like, I just got off deployment. Like, you want me to leave my family for another three months? I just literally just got back, you know. So it's it's not any easier for the active duty person, but definitely – not easy on either side. Um, and I think the higher you get, the more you move, like the more you do of that because there's less of you. Yes, I will agree completely. And I know that's one thing that Dustin has said, you know, um, I, of course, being the naive spouse that I was, was like, well, once he hits higher ranks, like it'll be smooth sailing because he's not going to have to do anything. Like he's going to have all these people under him that will do all this stuff. And oh boy, was I wrong. (laughs) Like I just, I laugh about it now because it's, it's not true. And I don't think it's true. And any like job that you're in where the higher you are, the less that you have to do, maybe, you know, your responsibilities change. Um, but it's definitely not doing less because like you said, there's less of them and of you guys. And that's the one thing Dustin has said. He's like, you know, people think people being me, uh, He's like, people think I just sit around at a desk all day. He's like, and that's not what I do. Like, I am actively doing something all the time. He's like, yesterday, <laughs> uh, the winds were really bad. And I was trying to make sure our freaking tent didn't blow away. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Um, and he's like, you know, I am a senior enlisted guy. And here I am 
like yelling at these junior Marines to help me make sure this freaking tent doesn't blow away, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's not always super productive stuff, but it's stuff that has to be done. And um, so, yeah, like I said, when he said, I know people, (laughs) people was me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and, and I told him, like, I'd, I would have never known that um, yeah. because I know a lot of times whenever I talk to him, he's like, oh, yeah, I was doing this report or I was on the phone with this person or I was talking to that person. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, OK, well, he's sitting at a desk making these phone calls, writing these reports, whatever, whatever. Like, I don't realize what goes on behind the scenes until yeah. one day I went to work with him when he was off. He stopped by for literally one thing. And that one thing turned into like 17 other things. And I was like, oh my God. All at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, I completely have a newfound respect for you. Like I would not be able to handle the amount of bullshit that he has to put up with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's crazy. I, um, I had to work, uh, a Saturday recently and (laughs) we had people leaving on deployment. And so we had to had to go out there to watch them leave essentially um and the day before they went to leave we had to do baggage inspections to make sure they're not flying with any items that would violate tsa regulations and um you know all of our regulations and stuff so there's a whole prohibited items list of stuff you can't take with you and one of our jobs one of my jobs and my my marine jobs is to make sure that no one has any of that crap so <laughs> we're out there <laughs> with this um, battery of Marines, which is a little over a hundred of Marines in the cold, in the rain, in the winter of North Carolina at 7 a.m. in the morning before the sun is fully up. And they are dumping all of their bags on the wet, muddy ground so that we can <sighs> dig around their stuff and, you know, make sure they don't have any prohibited items in their bags. And then we're making sure that they're locking their bags up so they can't add any prohibited items after it's already been inspected because it has to go through an additional inspection the next day. And while I'm doing that, I'm getting phone calls about another exercise and I'm teaching my Marines how to actually do the things correctly. And then I'm preparing for a meeting. So the inspection started at seven. I had a meeting at nine and at eight 30, I'm trying to run out of the inspection to go prep for my meeting. Meanwhile, there's people showing up for the meeting and they're calling me. And they're like, where are you? You're not here. I'm like, that's because I have other things to do. Guys. I don't just sit behind a desk. You know, right. Like all those things. And, you know, as, as a service member, I look at it and I'm like, this was supposed to get easier. This was supposed to be easier when I got up here. Right. Like this was supposed to be better. Um, and sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not, but just in general, like, I don't, I don't want to lie to people and say it gets so much better guys. Cause it really, some things may, but like generally how you look at the situation and how you deal with the situation, um, your spouse being gone and what you hope to gain during that time, if you have goals or, you know, it's just working on your communication. That's what's really going to make it easier. Right? Yeah. That's what's going to make it easier. Like yep. your, your mindset of the whole thing. If you go into it kind of like, uh, and you let, you can have your moment, have your moments of like, I cannot believe we're doing this again. Yes. You have those moments, but then go, okay, we've done this before. We can do it again. And 
this time when he comes home or this time when my spouse comes home, I say he, cause my husband is a he, but <laughs> yours may not be, I don't know. You know, I mean, I know, I know. <laughs> so like, you know, when your spouse comes home, um, just to tell yourself like, okay, well I'm th- this time when my spouse comes home, you know, I'm going to do this. Or, uh, the next time my spouse calls, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I answer the phone or maybe I'm just, maybe I have a few minutes and I don't know what I'm going to have a few minutes again. So I'm going to send him, uh, a text message or a picture or, you know, anything, right. Anything that can kind of reinvigorate that connection with one another, because it really like for neither one of you, does it get any easier? And I think a lot of times it kind of gets harder because we let those little things go. Yes. Right. So like you're saying, like when you first started, you wanted to do all the cute things because you're like, Oh, this is new and this is exciting. And we know this is going to be hard. So we want to really depend on each other and, and be there for one another. And, you know, be each other's support system, even though we're separated from each other, because we're both kind of feeling some of the same stuff. And then when you've done it for the 15th time, you're like, <laughs> see you when you get back. Bye. Right? Yes. But, I'm going to do me, you do you. Yeah. But that's how you get to this point where you're like, seriously, this again? And it's because you've kind of lost some of those little things kind of along the way, right? Because life happens and kids happen and pets happen and you know all of that stuff you have people get their own careers their own jobs and their focus is other places and so what we tend to do is go okay well before I was super focused on you while you were gone in like our relationship but now I have a job and I'm going to be super focused on that while you're gone because you're literally not here but when we do that that's where we shift ourselves and go another field exercise, another time they're going to be gone, another TAD trip, right? Like another one of these things is just going to be not a great time. If you let yourself kind of get into that spot every time. Absolutely. I think mindset is huge. And obviously I am not perfect. I definitely have my moments. Um, like I've said before, if you follow me on social media, you know, I just had to have a GI procedure done where I had to be put under. Mm -hmm. My husband is gone in true military fashion. Um, Mm -hmm. It's something that probably could have waited until he came back. Uh, But it was at the point where I didn't want to wait. And it literally took a tribe of people to help me get that done. Um, but I made it happen and, but I could have easily been like, oh, well, my spouse isn't here, so I can't do it. Thanks a lot, Dustin. Thanks a lot, Marine Corps. Now I have to wait. Um, and I won't have answers, you know, for even longer now, but instead, you know, I've learned to be resourceful and I've learned to find the people that I can depend on. And I said, okay, can you take me and pick me up? And my neighbor said, yes, she makes macarons. She's like, I've got deliveries anyway. I'll drop you off. Do my deliveries, come back and pick you up. And I was like, perfect. Um, my best friend was able to take Ella. Ella stayed the night, the night before. And then she was at her house. Cause they didn't, of course, the one day they didn't have school. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, Ella will be in school. She could take her home from school. Perfect. But it all worked out anyway. Um, But like I said, if I would have had that negative mindset about it, like, I really need to have this done, but I can't because Dustin's not here. And how am I going to make it work? Like that really would have drug me down and I would have really been bummed out about it. And like I said, I'm not perfect and I definitely have my moments. Um, But mindset is huge and it's very important. And 
like you said, have your moment. I know I have mine. Um, where, I mean, I just had one the other day. I came home from work. I was exhausted. I was making hot dogs for dinner, <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> because I was just so burnt out, but I had my moment and then I picked it up and I moved on. Uh, yeah. I didn't stay in that moment because it would have been a very slippery slope had I just stayed in that moment of burnout. Yep. Yep. We got to move through that moment of um, burnout. Um, because if you don't, then you're just going to kind of get stuck there. Right. Yeah. And, absolutely. You know, you, ha- you have to find a way to, when you're in that situation where your spouse is gone to push through the things like you're talking about having your procedure done, if you need it done, could it have waited? Like you said, probably, but did it need to wait for your spouse to be home? No, it didn't need to wait. Right. And right. when we all, when we put our things off because the spouse is gone, you begin to build resentment yes. for what they do. And you begin to build resentment towards them because their inability, and it's not their fault, their inability to be home is preventing you from doing something. But it may not actually be preventing you from doing something. Sometimes we're just using it as an excuse to not do something because it's easier. Yeah, absolutely. And one great point that you made, well, I mean, you've had a million great points, but two of them that I want to talk about very quickly is the resentment portion. Um, because there was a time in our marriage where I had so much resentment for him and his job and the fact that I had put my life on hold and, you know, I was only working and, you know, wasn't achieving any of my goals and stuff like that because of his job. Um, and that built so much resentment and caused so much tension and friction between us that it almost tore us apart. And then the other thing that goes along with that is that we weren't communicating either. You know, I wasn't communicating to him that I was frustrated um, with his job and the fact that I felt like I had to put my life on hold for him. Um, And I wasn't communicating how I needed him to support me. Yeah. And one of the biggest things, you know, like it was hard for me the other day to say like, Hey, I feel like things are really off between us. I feel like we're really struggling. That was something really hard for me to say, but it was also something that I needed to say. So he knew where I was at and I knew where he was at and we can assess the situation and say, okay, this is where we are. What do we need to do to get to a better place? Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's funny because you, you were like, my husband just sits behind a desk all day. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, how more frustrating than to not really understand what they do? Because I mean, let's be honest, like, okay, I'm active duty. My spouse is active duty. He and I at one point both did the job that he does now. We don't do that anymore. Um, but I have a different specialty now, but um, we did the same job essentially. So I'm like, I know what you do all day, but it's still frustrating. Cause I'm like, I know what he does all day, but I don't really know because I've never been at the unit that he's at. Right. Right. Um, but how more frustrating than to like find some resentment towards somebody because you put off what you need to do because they're gone, but you're like, well, you just sit at a desk all day and talk to people. What? Like I have to put off what I need and what I want because you sit behind a desk all day and talk to people. Like don't do that to yourself. Right. Especially when they're gone, because when you do that, it just makes the separation harder. Instead, you have to find a way to power through the conversation. Like you just said you did. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. Important. 
And it's not going to be easy. I mean, I'll be the first to admit it. And I am obviously a very outgoing person. I don't really struggle to talk to people. Um, but for whatever reason, when it comes to my spouse, it's not whatever reason. I know exactly the reason. Nobody wants to hurt anybody ever. And you don't want to uh, be judged. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to be judged. You don't want to hurt your significant other. This is the person that you love and you're spending your life with. But yeah. What I found throughout the years is that the longer that I keep it inside, the more resentment I build up and the bigger the explosion is and the worse the situation is when all that had to be was a simple conversation like, hey, this is how I feel. Do you feel the same way? Yes. No. Okay. How do we fix it? Yeah. You said something about like finding the tribe to help you do this, right? Yeah. And so um, I often think of one of my old uh, Marines was a good friend of mine. Um, there was something I saw on Facebook or something and she, his, his wife and I are, were friends and I saw her post something and it was kind of like calling out bullying, but also like, Hey, telling like other spouses, like get your shit together and you know, don't be so mean to each other. So she said, she posted something, and this was many years ago, so it's clearly not verbatim, <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> off of a lot of years of memory, but it's always stuck with me, right? And she said something along the lines of, I was just reading a post from another military spouse or girlfriend or something, and the spouse was saying that they're like absolutely devastated because their significant other is going to be gone for two weeks. And other spouses were literally saying to her, well, two weeks is nothing. We just did a year. We've done six months or like two weeks is a walk in the park. It's a breeze. You know, like you shouldn't be complaining about two weeks. I'd be happy if I had just a two week separation. I'm over here going on six or seven months or whatever. And so my point is you have to have that tribe. And if you see someone that doesn't have that, be that for them because you yes. don't know what those two weeks encompass because Jenna, you're going through um like what Justin's gone for like six weeks, right? Yeah. Two, well, yeah. two months. Yeah. Two months. Yeah. So, so like somewhere between that window. Right. And, but no one knows what those two months hold for you. Right. Right. Those two months could be the two months out of the year that it's your birthday, his birthday, Ella's birthday, and your anniversary all wrapped into one. And then maybe Valentine's Day, you know, is a big deal to you. Maybe New Year's is a big deal to you. So maybe that holiday that's a big deal to you is in those two months. And maybe that holiday isn't a big deal to me, but I don't know that for you, right? I, you don't know that for other people. So when we make those judgments of other people instead of encouraging them like it's it's two weeks you can do this you know people are doing it for so much longer reach out to those people so they can give you some tips on how to deal with it right or reach out if you need help with something say something to someone that's more encouraging than like two weeks Psh, that's easy day that's a walk in the park compared to nine months Sure, for some of us who've been doing this for a really long time, two weeks separation, and we talked about this before, sometimes it's easier, and sometimes I'd rather they be gone for nine months, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I get into a rhythm, and two weeks isn't long enough to do that. It's very disruptive. Um, but some people, it's their first time in a two-week separation. For people who have known each other and been seeing each other every single day, two weeks is a long time to be away from each other. And you just got to be that tribe to encourage one another um, to 
be healthy and speak out and to make it through those times because they don't have that person. They don't have their significant other there, the person they love, the person they're, you know, spending the rest of their life with. And they're used to having that person there and suddenly they don't. And so, you know, I would just say that as a community, as a spouse community, there's got to be some encouragement there and some assistance, right? Because you never know what that two weeks or six months or year or, you know, two months in your case really holds for those people. Who who knows what that other person would normally be helping with that is now on the shoulders of one person. And if as a community we can't help each other out like you had, you know, we're really just failing that other person. And I've read a lot recently in the last couple of years where, um, you know, military spouse suicide is on the rise and it starts from that, right? It starts from yeah. that. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And, you know, I say all the time, if you ever have any questions or you need that support, reach out to me. And I have to say, people have obviously been listening and take that to heart because I have had a lot of people message our Instagram, message our Facebook, send us emails, um, asking for advice, asking for help, um, telling us successes that they've had because they've listened to our podcast, thanking us for this podcast uh, because it's providing the support that they need. And they're finally not feeling what I like to call crazy. Um, Because when I started this podcast, I started it because there were so many things that go on in the spouse community that people don't realize that I knew there needed to be a voice for. Because if I was feeling that way, I knew somebody else was. And so I mean it when I say, if you, you know, reach out to me, confessions of a military spouse on Instagram, Facebook, my personal Instagram or Facebook, I don't care. And I'm sure Candace is the same way. You know, if you need help, if you need support, if you need advice, we are here for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm constantly on call. I'm a victim advocate for victims of sexual assault. And so being here to help people when they need it is not something I shy away from. So if someone needs that, they want advice, they are having a rough time. I mean, send us a message. It's not, you know, I mean, (laughs) I'd rather spend, you know, my, a couple of minutes helping someone through a difficult time than then spend days and months and years going back to that rough time and just wishing they had someone to talk to. Absolutely. And I've said it before and I will say it a million times again, I'm not perfect. I struggle with so many things. Um, And it is hard for me to reach out to people. I will be the first to admit it. It is very hard for me to reach out to people. But if I didn't have the people that I have, I would not be in the place that I am now. And I don't ever want anybody to feel like they are alone. And I know Candace is the same way. Otherwise, she would have never decided to join this podcast with me. (laughs) Um, So when I say we are here for you, we definitely are.